Imagine starting a company that promised to change the world. Imagine it ending up being one of the biggest frauds in history. Theranos, the company that started in 2003 by Stanford dropout Elizabeth Holmes, was just that. Do you want to hear a story? Will you give a few seconds of your time? Good evening, folks. Kennedy can die. Have you ever had your blood tested? Yes, I have. What was your experience? I remember the first thing I thought to myself was, that's more than I thought that they were going to take. And then the other thing was, after the whole experience, there was a few other circumstances, but I was very lightheaded and I needed, a, I needed some water and had to lie down. And it's an extremely long process in the sense, you, I think if you're getting your blood tested, you want to know today, in, yes. the, in that moment, what's going on. Yes. What, what are the results? You don't want to wait four days. Who does? Right, that is exactly what the company Theranos tried to solve. That was their problem that they wanted to fix. During of which, they basically fooled everyone. They took over $600 million worth of funding under the promise of revolutionizing the whole process of blood analysis. So the pitch was their machines that they had built were able to run hundreds of tests. I think it was 192 tests from the comfort of your own home with just one finger prick worth of blood. Sounds good. Sounds good in theory. Unfortunately, this is not a story of triumph and inspiration. This is actually a story of lies, deceit, manipulation, and a woman who would do absolutely anything to reach her goal. In essence, it's a story of how this company, once worth over $9 billion, came crashing down in what they're calling one of the largest disasters in Silicon Valley. So to set the scene, Elizabeth Holmes was born 1984, just one month after the release of the first Macintosh computer. And you'll see later in the story why that's an important thing to mention now. She was raised in Washington from a young age. Her parents, I guess, convinced her that she was a very special individual. Her mum worked for various members of Congress and her father worked in the State Department. And she looked up to her father, it's, it's well documented, she looked up to her father as a real idealist, and that's exactly what she thought of herself. And I think it's perfectly summarised in a letter that she wrote to her dad when she was just nine years old. Dear Daddy, what I want out of life is to discover something new, something that mankind didn't know was possible. I also want to study about man and his ways. Life is really interesting. I love being with you. It's my most favourite thing in the whole world. Love, Elizabeth. So at a really young age, she was asked by one of her relatives, what do you want to do when you grow up? And she responds, I want to be a billionaire. <laughs> the, relative oh, then, yeah, the relative then asks, what about becoming president? To which she responds, no, the president is going to want to marry me because I'll have a billion dollars. Wow. So you can, you can start to see how, I guess, someone of her makeup, her character... It's not crazy to think that she grows up thinking that she can change the world. From everyone back to people she went to high school with, teachers, 
colleagues, employees, investors, clients, all of that. She really was, she really personified the anything is possible, you can change the world. And there was one story that really stood out to me and it was someone that she went to high school with was telling it. They said, one thing that I really remember about her was she ran track and field and she was consistently the last one, like to the point where it was almost a joke. The race was over, that people were celebrating and an announcer would come over and say, don't cross the track, there's still a runner. And she would literally see it through till the very end. So even though she's dead last, the race is well and truly over, people are already celebrating, she's still running, crossing the finish line. And it was quoted, it was her quote in her high school yearbook was dream, laugh, reach for the stars. Good quote. It is a good quote. So it really does, like I said, set the scene for a person who thinks there's literally nothing I can do. During high school, she talked her way in Mandarin into graduate level courses that weren't open to high school students over the phone. So she, I guess, it's not a terrible... It's not a terrible idea or personality trait to be someone who's so driven that there's nothing that can get in my way. At the age of 18, she went on a Stanford-run tour of China where she met a man 20 years her senior named Sonny. He'd originally immigrated from Pakistan and he'd had some success in the dot-com boom. He was worth close to $40-odd million. And at this point, she kind of knows exactly what she wants slash needs from somebody. And he had exactly that money. <laughs> so later on, Sonny will play a fairly important part in the company that she'll form, becoming Theranos. And it was, you would recall, you remember the big SARS outbreak. Yep. So she was, she was touring Asia at the time and she saw the, I guess, the impact of the SARS outbreak firsthand, which was inspiration for her with her very first patent. And it was reported that she'd came home basically from this trip and spent the next five days straight in her bedroom sleeping maybe one or two hours a night working on a patent for a wearable patch that would continually test the blood of the user and then output the correct dosage of medication needed in real time that was her very first idea and that was i guess the birthplace of what would become theranos so like her idols Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, all the big Silicon celebrities. She dropped out of Stanford at 19 years old. Yeah. She did manage to secure an early investment in the original company, which was the wearable patch of a million dollars from one of her old next door neighbors. He too had made a considerable amount of money out of Hotmail. Fast forward a couple of years, 2006 now, her company's pivoted away from that original wearable patch idea quickly gaining some momentum and she's got her first prototype out which is a blood analyzing machine called the theranos 1.0 right she got her engineering team together she'd had a new idea a new plan she'd called it the edison i think inside the walls of theranos it was called the theranos (laughs) 2.0 i think the problem was there wasn't too much of a difference but the edison sounded better Mm-hmm. which is important I think and a side note here um, I did a little bit of research on Thomas Edison because I know he was a huge inspiration to Elizabeth 
And when I read about Thomas Edison, they say, I think we all know him as one of, if not the most famous inventor in history. Mm -hmm. But there is some that argue that Edison's greatest invention was himself. He was, you know, nowadays he's looked back on as the first celebrity businessman. Yep. And Theranos will go on to have a very similar story to Edison's light bulb. And a brief history lesson, the light bulb that Edison first painted and touted as the most successful invention of the time and all of that type of gear nowadays it's it's well documented that the light bulb didn't work that's right a number of his demonstrations he had to fake and he would go as far as to give news reporters stock in his company to write favorable news reports on all of his demonstrations so this is long before social media and Fake the connected news. world, that, yeah, the connected world that we live in now. Mm. So he was very, I guess, easily able to manipulate the Fox the, Fox News. Yeah, yeah, he was able to show that he had this working light bulb, and it was four years that he was making these demonstrations. Behind the scenes, he was trying to find a way to actually get the light bulb to work. Yep. Um, going back to talking about the Edison at Theranos, Elizabeth was known to be. I guess, a fairly aggressive CEO, very similar to Steve Jobs. And she, no was not something that she wanted to hear, especially not from someone who worked from, for her. Mm -hmm. So she tasked her engineering department with working literally nonstop, 24-hour working days Jeez. on the design of the Edison. The head engineer would soon argue that that's impossible. The team's already working well past capacity. There's just no way that we can be working 24-7 on, on the new machine. So Elizabeth just decided the easiest way to work this out is to hire a second engineering team, <laughs> put the two teams head-to-head. -head. The first team to bring her a working design kept their jobs. The other team lost their jobs. <laughs> it's not a bad strategy. Well, it's not a bad strategy. It's actually a strategy that Steve Jobs would also use in the design of the first Mac and mm -hmm. the first iPhone. So you can start to see that she drew a lot of inspiration from Steve Jobs and not just the way that he would run the business, but the way he would present was exactly the way that she would present new ideas and, and pitch to investors all the way down to how he dressed. So she was well known for wearing the exact same clothes every day. Oh, the for, turtlenecks. Yeah, a copy of it, you know, and... Yeah. She was happily open talking about how her cupboard was stacked full of multiple black jackets and black turtlenecks and black pants. And she had the, the same type of philosophy that a lot of the, the entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley do, that every day when I wake up, I don't need to waste a decision on what I'm going to wear today. She literally quoted saying, that's better time and effort I can be spending at Theranos. She sounds like someone who's struggling to forge an identity. She just wanted to be rich and she copied a lot of things other people were doing. Well, she really she really kind of latched onto her idols. Hmm. She found out Steve Jobs would run marketing meetings at Apple on Wednesday, so that's what she started doing in her company. Wow. Even engaging the same marketing company that he would use. She recruited a number of Apple employees, board members that... that were on the board from Apple and she was known to keep a newspaper cut out on her desk that called her the next Steve Jobs. Really? 
Yep. So she's fairly particular. You know, you're probably starting to get a an image of she again. This all what she went on to do was there's no there's no defense for it and there's no excuses for it. But it all seemed to originally stem from a place of wanting to change the world and maybe maybe more inspired by the fact that she wanted to be a billionaire. I think it was more the I think it was more the latter. Yeah. I think it was more the latter. So you've got the two teams now working head to head on the Edison. The problem is there's no machine at Theranos that would be able to do any of the tests that Elizabeth claimed it could. At this point in the company timeline, it's I guess where she made I don't know if she made a conscious decision to start behaving unethically, but this is the point where she's kind of gone down a path that was ethically questionable. So she began working on a pilot program with cancer patients, knowing full well that the machines couldn't do what she claimed it could with the um, the drug company Pfizer. Yep, no Pfizer. Yep. And, you know, like you said, you've had a blood test before, so you know how important that i mean i was reading an article that said doctors rely roughly around 75 percent that's where they make their decisions based on what a blood test tells them mm-hmm. so a blood test is the biggest determining factor in when a patient has new medication prescribed to them current medication increased or decreased or you know taken off a certain medication without the blood tests the doctors are essentially operating blind So it kind of starts to paint a picture of the type of person she was because she was happy to put cancer patients in a position where they were using her technology that didn't work and she knew that full well. So I want to make that really clear. She knew at this point the machines that her company were producing couldn't do what she claimed. Yep. And you're probably wondering, well, how could a program like this go ahead? The problem is Elizabeth at this point now is outright lying to not just clients but her employees her investors everyone i guess kind of involved in the theranos world didn't have any type of real grasp on what can these machines actually do because you've got all these different engineering departments working on different components of the machine and i suppose they're all expecting that at the end of the line someone's putting them all together and it all works yeah that's what you would think wouldn't it right So it helps Elizabeth immensely that she's got the entire board wrapped around her finger. There's very little that she's unable to convince someone of or manipulate a situation to serve only her purpose. There's a guy on the board. He was actually one of Steve Jobs' closest friends. He'd been on the board of Apple for a number of years and he was retired at this point. His name's Avi Tevian. He came out of retirement specifically to join the Theranos board. And I think he was only with the company for a short period of time. In the beginning, like everyone, he bought solely into Elizabeth's story and this idea of changing the world and putting people in a position where getting blood taken was a much quicker, easier, safer process. So to any investor, potential board member, employee, this sounds like an amazing thing to be a part of. I mean, if someone was able to sell me this story about a blood test result taking a hell of a lot less time to come back than originally we're all used to, I mean, 
okay, give me more information is where I am. And if you're able to, you know, sell that dream to me in a way that sounds plausible, and if I've got money to spend, why wouldn't I? Well, that's the thing, because you've got to remember, this is all happening during the time when, you know, Facebook is on the rise and all these tech companies that are making tons of money, but no one's really changing the world. So I suppose when you're, you know, like... Um, you're given the opportunity you've been on the board of apple or you've worked for oracle or you've worked for facebook now you've got the chance to be involved in something that's actually going to leave a lasting impression on the planet it's a hard thing to to pass up i suppose that's exactly right so talking about Avi, he i guess he was one of the first to realize that maybe elizabeth wasn't being as truthful as she possibly could she bought it to the board it was a proposed change in the way the company was structured that would give her majority voting rights so she during the entire history of the company owned roughly half of the the stocks but now she wanted to have the controlling voting rights he'd go on to voice his concerns um, with all the issues he was hearing from engineers he was hearing about failed machine testings he saw that i guess control being solely in elizabeth hands wasn't the smartest move for the company he voiced these concerns to the company's chairman and that would ultimately lead to his resignation hmm. which is unfortunately a path that a lot of people that would get in her way in a sense would go down if you weren't team elizabeth then you just weren't on the team at all yeah she really was a master manipulator of everyone that surrounded her and anyone that refused to get on board was just pushed out of the way and she'd go to extreme lengths to control people and situations um, one of which, this is extremely interesting, and it's just a, a very odd conscious decision that she's made at some point in her life, but it's now famous that she would speak in a really low baritone voice, I guess with the idea of the lower my voice, the more seriously I'll be taken. Yeah, right. One of the first people that we served um, came into our wellness centers was a crowd uh, quadriplegic and um, came in asking if they could do a finger stick and our team in Arizona called us and said you know what do we do and um, because the man didn't have fingers and um, it turned out he had a nub on his elbow and we talked to our lab team and they said okay you can do the draw and so they did this what would have been a finger stick on this little nub on his arm and he broke into tears because up until that point the way that they had had to draw blood is through a needle in his neck and it's so painful and um, so dehumanizing that um, it's an incredibly emotional process so what is interesting about the way that technology can be applied is we certainly didn't design this with that use case in mind. So just as the company settled in its new location in Silicon Valley there's a new team member in the sales department. He he realizes when he starts looking at the sales projections that are being forecasted that they were on the pilot program's results that were complete lies. Mm -hmm. He raised this to the board immediately. You know, he's brand new to the company. He sees something wrong. He thinks, obviously, the people in charge need to know. Yeah, wow. Same type of thing happens. The board calls an emergency meeting and the only thing on the agenda was 
getting rid of Elizabeth at this point because they've they've been given all this information that says, hang on a sec, everything we're pitching out to the world is total lies. Within two hours of that meeting happening, Elizabeth has convinced everybody on the board to reverse their decision and for her to stay on. How? And how did she have all these people wrapped around her finger? I mean, these are all closed-door meetings, so it's hard to say exactly, but she was an extremely aggressive and controlling person. And I think it all stems from a place where she genuinely believed what she was saying. Yeah. So there was no fault in her pitch, whether it's to a client or an investor, board member, employee, whoever it may be. When she spoke about Theranos and the machines that they were making and the plans to change the world, nobody doubted that what she was saying was the truth. Mm. Okay. So a company this size, I don't know how she's spun it, you know, the he's pulled the wrong thing or he's working against me, whatever it is. He obviously ended up not working at the company yep. any longer. So to the public eye, the company was built on the future of blood analysis. She was doing these TED Talks and speeches. It was all geared around changing the world. And in reality, the entire thing was built on her ability to manipulate everybody that she came in contact with. Yeah. She was continuing to take investments. They were building this amazing profile. Like they were a, an extremely hot commodity to the Silicon Valley world, to the investor world. The entire time though, they had no working technology. Yep. It's the power of the story, unfortunately. That's right. Enter Richard Fusey. He's an old family friend from back in the day. He recently filed a patent that he was calling behind closed doors the Theranos killer. <laughs> right. It was it was around um, being able to transmit blood sample results back to a doctor's office electronically. So very similar to what Theranos was trying to do in a sense. He would later go on to sue Theranos and whilst the patent wasn't necessarily successful in killing the company his actions later on would be okay so we keep him we keep him in mind for later on keep him in mind because he plays a big part mm -hmm. now remember sunny yeah the, the, the rich older man that mm. elizabeth met whilst in china yep so it's now 2009 sunny's joined the company and he's basically come on as elizabeth's second in command I should note here that he knows nothing about the medical industry. Hmm. He's just and got money. Big, he's got money and his biggest claim to fame is that he wrote over 10 million lines of code whilst working at Microsoft. Something that a lot of engineers in the industry say would be next to impossible given the amount of time that he actually worked there. I'm guessing it probably is impossible and it never happened. I, I would dare say so. Hmm. He was her perfect match. He was the perfect partner in crime for Elizabeth sitting at the helm of Theranos. He was a master manipulator with a major anger problem. Hmm. It would often lead to huge rage outbursts in the office and a number of people being fired. It was very common that he would fire someone once a week at least. Wow. So it's a great company to work for, as you can tell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Sign yep. me up. So as time goes on, they, the company profile continues to strengthen. It's now 2010. Walgreens and Safeway have begun talks to partner with Theranos um, in, a, in a creation of what they're calling 
wellness centers. So these would be sections in all of their stores where patients could go for blood tests and get the results almost immediately. Great idea. Cool idea. As a part of these talks, obviously Theranos provided them with a list of 192 different tests that could be performed on their famous Edison machine. Mm -hmm. Problem is, only half or slightly under half of these tests were actually theoretically possible. (laughs) Theoretically possible. Right. Yeah. And the only data they had to back up this claim was a two-page document from the John Hopkins Medical School that essentially summarized a meeting where Theranos had shown them some test results, but no one had actually seen any (laughs) real-life testing done on any of the machines. Oh, my God. Reading this and, and... looking into the story it's hard to imagine how all of this happened it's america well yeah but i think it all comes back to this power of persuasion that she had over people and Mm. and how much of a hot commodity theranos was during the big 2010 silicon valley boom you know I think that I think that's more it. There was everyone's wanting their own slice of the pie. There's all this money being made. Facebook's booming. Go- at this stage, Google's like taking off. You know, everyone's just wanting to get in on the next big thing. And you were probably worried, well, if I don't get in on Theranos, what if it becomes the next big thing and I was the dickhead that didn't jump on? That's pretty much exactly what it was. I think like for Walgreens specifically, they're a huge company. Theranos is becoming a massive company they would look crazy not to get involved when you know they're changing the world they're changing how things are done it seems to stem from a place you know that fear of loss and everyone everyone just trusted her she had she had done a great job of not only being able to convince everyone that she came in contact with but she'd stacked her board with all of these really successful people so when she was sitting down in a pitch meeting it wasn't just some random person she had the backing of all these powerful silicon valley investors and board members and walgreens would go on to invest over a hundred million dollars into the partnership with theranos which was the beginning of their third blood testing machine which was known as the mini lab so at this point they've already got two machines that don't do anything it's a smart move to shift some focus let's get a let's yeah let's get a new machine kicking So now it's 2012, and as a part of the deal that Theranos had with Walgreens, um, they invested a further $300 million into revamping a lot of their stores to include the wellness centers. They're on board. They're up to nearly half a billion dollars in total investment between the partnership, revamping the stores, but they're being met with nothing but constant delays. So Theranos was consistently pushing back timelines and, you know, we need more time to do this. We need more time to do that. By the time that Theranos did start accepting blood samples from Walgreens, unfortunately, in true form, it was all lies. They were collecting the blood samples and they were testing them on third-party industry standard blood testing machines instead of the Edison or the Mini Lab. So it's clear. I, I think you need to be clear that at no point during all of this was she unaware of what was going on? She was in total control. She knew exactly what was happening. Yep. There's no there's no road back for her now. Right. So Richard, his lawsuit now is in full swing. He spent over two million dollars. He even he hired the same solicitor or, or lawyer that 
took care of Bill Gates and his huge lawsuit back in the day. And he would go on to settle. And from all the research, that was a huge blow to his ego. And it really did nothing other than spur him on for his hatred of Theranos and wanting to bring them down. She's continuing at this point to conduct all of the tests on third-party machines because it wasn't it wasn't a choice of do we use the Edison, do we use the Mini Lab? They didn't work at all, so there was no option. If we want to do blood tests, we have to use third-party machines to be able to produce results. They weren't even running most of the tests on the Theranos devices, and most of the tests were being run on third-party machines. Did Ms. Holmes know at the time that Theranos? could not do all those tests she yeah she knew so at this point it's 2013 the promised timeline to walgreens is well and truly overdue coupled with the fact that it's now been seven years since theranos had a cfo because the previous cfo obviously wasn't falling into line and elizabeth fired him hmm. old mate sunny is working on the forecasted financials for all the investors involved in the company and it was reported that his financials were close to 10 times that of what the internal forecast was showing. So on all fronts, at all opportunities, the company is telling nothing but lies, be it to their clients, to their investors, to their board members. Between Elizabeth and Sonny, I don't even know if they knew exactly what was going on in terms of who was telling this person what and who was telling that person what, but it was nothing but lies. Yeah, because one lie then has to birth another lie to cover up that, and before you know it, you don't know where the chain is. Does it work? Yes. You're confident in that? I am confident in that. The public, the investors, their clients continued to trust in the company, unfortunately. But it was, I guess it's considering the board, it, like I said, it was stacked with all of these high-profile celebrity status people. And they were continuing to take investments. So th they were getting, this, this is new investment at this point from the likes of Rupert Murdoch and the Walmart brothers. She was such a celebrity at this point, this is now 2016, she threw fundraisers for Hillary Clinton when she was running for office. I could have sworn she would have thrown a fundraiser for Trump, not Hillary, but anyway. So by now, the company has hit this $9 billion valuation. Jesus. She's personally worth over $5 billion. Hmm. With the control that Elizabeth and Sonny had over everybody, no one at this point dared speak out so you're probably hearing this thinking why didn't anybody say anything mm. even though it was becoming more and more known inside the walls of theranos how things were actually working and how much of the theranos story was a lie everybody was scared of her between her and sunny nobody wanted to you know not tow the company line because they were met with nothing but threats lawsuits you're fired this type of thing it's when I when I was writing the story, I was thinking, why, why would nobody say anything? Like, how have we not had a, you know, um, an insider, you know, spill all at this point? Yeah, because they would have been well paid, so they would have had some sense of financial security, surely. You would think so, but maybe mm. they don't want to lose that either. Maybe. I guess, I mean, at this point, all of the Theranos tests were still being conducted the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Whenever she's specifically questioned about how things are done you can imagine we're getting no clear answers from her mm -hmm. at the highest level we didn't have the right leadership in the laboratory and i didn't realize until the inspection 
that these types of issues were in place. And this goes to talk to the point of just how in control she was of the people close to her. So there's a board member of the company, his name's George Schultz. He had a grandson who was working at the company, Tyler. Mm-hmm. And he was working in the engineering team. Once, I guess he started to work out just how much of the Theranos story was total lies, all based around data manipulation. He quit. And the first thing he did is he went to his grandfather and he, he tried to tell him everything, saying, what we're doing is wrong. The company is lying. Elizabeth is lying. There's no truth to what's happening. We can't do what we claim we can do. This is his grandson telling him this. He got his grandson the job. And he's, by all accounts, he's a smart, intelligent investor. He's He's been around the block. He knows what's what. Yeah. But the hold she has on him is too strong. When When... When Tyler tells his grandfather what's happening, he doesn't believe it. It's all lies. He's the one that's lying. Yep. Which is scary to me. Very scary. So like I said, she's she's running campaigns. Or she's running fundraisers for Hillary. She's, she's now got the handle of the youngest female self-made billionaire. Barack Obama named her as the US ambassador for global entrepreneurship. She continues to give all these speeches about changing the world. Um, and I suppose the celebrity status has start to get to her head a little bit. She she had her office totally redesigned to look like the president's Oval Office. Wow, um, that's scary. Like, yeah, like a lot of the tech CEOs that you see, you know, when you see Mark Zuckerberg out for a run, he's surrounded by six huge security guards. She had a personal security team of over 20 guards that would follow her every step. Yep. She was put on the board of the fellows at Harvard Medical School. And at this point, I have to throw back to what I said earlier about Thomas Edison. You know, when they say his greatest invention was himself, everything up to this point, all of her success, connections and fame had been, it's a product of her ability to market herself as someone who's going to change the world. Because the company can't do what it says it can do, but everybody is they're in love with everything she has to say they genuinely believe she's going to change the world she's going to make this a better place yep and i guess as all things do the beginning of the end became fairly clear when richard and a group of theranos skeptics came and they'd taken all the information that he'd collected because he had been hard at work he did not like the fact that she was succeeding he did not i think it all stemmed from a place that she didn't go to him for initial investment i think it all stemmed from this place of him being left out in the beginning so he takes all this information that he's collected to the wall street journal and this is where it really all kind of starts to unravel for her so there's a reporter at the the journal his name's john carrier he starts to i guess investigate which puts him in touch with a number of employees and people close to the company all of which for whatever reason are now happy to start telling the truth of what's happening at theranos in true form, Elizabeth starts to respond with lawsuits. She goes as far as to hire private investigators to follow anyone that she thinks could be a potential leak or might speak to John at the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, right. Remember I said that Rupert Murdoch was an investor in the company? Yep. He's also the owner of the Wall Street Journal. She personally asks him if he would kill the story. Unbelievable. And he says no. You know, I've I've got total confidence in the editors to manage the truth. 
interesting. So whilst John at the Wall Street Journal's conducted his investigation, the business continues. I mean, they're too big to fail at this point, or at least that's how it presents to the world. Yep. She doubled down. She lies as as much as she possibly has to to discredit anything that the journal may publish. The, the article's not out at this point, but she knows it's coming. So she continues to hold these huge demonstrations in the Theranos offices, showing off how great the Edison and the mini lab is taking blood samples from vip guests but they're still conducting them all on third-party machines very very similar to thomas edison in his light bulb Mm. she went as far to set up a fake lab in the office specifically (laughs) for the visit of joe biden who was oh my god yeah because that was the plan i guess that was her that was her focus to get as many high-powered, high-profile people believing in what she was saying, getting herself into a position where she's not untouchable, but, you know, too big to fail. The company's worth $10 billion at this point. It does all fall to pieces for Theranos and Elizabeth when the article goes live in October 2015. He really... John at the Wall Street Journal had... He'd worked it all out. He'd pulled the company apart, uncovering and making public all of her lies. She responded exactly how you would expect her to with lies yeah that's how you yeah yeah so i think she's 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 on this path of you know i can tell people what i need them to think and convince them to think that but unfortunately i think well unfortunately for her the wall street journal article starts to plant too many seeds of doubt for people and they start throwing questions at her that she's just unable to answer she goes extremely aggressively trying to discredit the wall street journal discredit the reporter personally she does whatever she thinks she has to do to to make out that they're lying which is a little ironic i suppose that's right yeah very it's 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 stock standard defensive procedure so it's it's very quickly uncovered that not only could the machines not perform the 192 tests that they claim keep in mind that only half of those were ever theoretically theoretically possible theoretically possible it's important to probably emphasize but the 12 tests that it actually could perform could not give any consistently accurate readings i'm just so surprised that at this point no one's asked for some actual hard evidence it's that's the bit that blows me away about this story it's all showmanship it's all the ability to you know that's what america's built on it's all about the show look over here while I'm doing something over here type of thing Mm, because whenever they needed to produce data they were able to produce it it was just purely based on tests that they were conducting on third party machines yeah this is what happens when you work to change things and first they think you're crazy then they fight you and then all of a sudden you change the world once all of this is uncovered once you know we work out that hey we can't do any of the tests that we claim the, the few tests that we can do can't act, don't actually work a lot of the investors would go on to sue the company and her personally for the money back the lab had to close down obviously, obviously. over a million lab results were voided <laughs> which also led to 10 individuals 10 patients suing the company and her personally as well because like we spoke about they wholly depend on accurate blood tests obviously I'm sure Walgreens and Safeway are happy at this point. Well, they all, they're also the investors that sue them. They want their money back. Because again, all, all of these deals were done on technology that didn't exist. By 2017, 
they've spent almost the entire 900 million in cash that they'd raised 300 million on legal fees settling with investors and they had to pay back every patient that had ever used their service i think this speaks to her character but i'm not surprised her and sunny broke up and then she fired him when when you say she fires him what position does she hold at this point well the company's still i mean she hasn't been convicted of anything i guess so so she's so the company's still going it's just in a lot of trouble this is the 11th hour now the company's over and done with you know the company was reported always as the one the company that was once worth nine billion dollars that's now worth zero yep after she fires sunny she comes to a settlement in 2018 which basically results in her giving up her entire stock in the company and being banned from being a director of a company for 10 years in march of 2021 so this story isn't entirely over but she will face trial for 12 charges of fraud and if convicted both her and sunny face up to 20 years in prison it's finding what you love and finding what you're born to do and when you find that whether it's you know writing or painting or science or whatever it is when you when you really give everything to that then 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 you can realize great things and We'll fail 10,000 times if we have to, but we'll figure it out on the 10,000 first. And now, folks, it's time to say thanks again for dropping in. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. And hope we bring the family home. Hope you've enjoyed the evening as much as we've enjoyed having you here. Carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night now.